Now he was running so fast that I could barely keep up with her in flight. The thing that she was chasing looked like a tiny white speck at this distance. I had no idea, no idea how the God of War and her commander were able to cover that much distance that quickly. All I knew was that the second we'd escaped the prison, they were gone. A split second after the panic had set in, now we caught a glimpse of them and took off like a rocket. I could hear her thoughts shouting out, not here, not in this reality. She was completely focused, Aja blazing with light and illuminating every inch of the jagged cave. Suddenly, giant boulders shooting through the cave at us like bullets. They were bigger, thicker than the biggest I'd seen at Stony Park. I couldn't see the god of war or her commander, but it was obvious that they were the ones throwing them. Now we swung Aja as she ran, shattering the boulders into dust. At one point, I literally felt like I was in a sandstorm. Then I heard someone yell, I'm glad she's on our side, and I could suddenly see Enrique flying through the sandstorm on my right. On my left, I saw something blur past, and I knew that this must have been Amani. She'd been against my plan from the very beginning, fearing that this was what was going to happen, and, by the way, she was right. But in the moment, I honestly didn't feel like we had a choice. We were all literally losing our minds in that prison, and if I hadn't allowed the God of War to come with us, she wouldn't have told us what we needed to do to escape. Of course, Naoi had no intention of letting the God of War loose on this universe. As soon as we escaped, her plan was to make sure that the God of War and her commander, Ayahuasca, went right back into the prison, but they were gone the moment we arrived in the cave. The sandstorm kept getting thicker and thicker, and what this told me was that the number of boulders was increasing by the second. Lightning mixed in with the sand. Some of the flashes were golden, while others were blinding white. That told me that Naoi and Amani were smashing the boulders together. And suddenly, the sand was gone, and I could see the way up ahead. Several figures rose up from the ground at once, blocking our path. I was already so exhausted, I could barely think. There was no way I was going to be able to fight those things. No way. I saw Amani fighting three at once. The hooded beings all had staffs too, but theirs were dark, and every time they struck Amani's staff, there was a bright flash. Amani was definitely holding her own, knocking two of them back with one sweep of her staff, but a split second later, she was slammed into the wall of the cave. I flew in to help, but Enrique whipped past me and scooped Amani into his arms. He motioned toward Naui, who was surrounded by at least ten of those things, maybe more. No way was I going to let her fight that many on her own. No way. But right as I was about to dive in, the hooded beings swarmed her and she spiked Aja into the ground. 
the wave knocked me back and I was suddenly on the ground myself. I stood up, looked around. The hooded beings, they were, they were gone. Now we ran out of the cave and I flew after her. She jumped across the chasm between the cave and the pyramid and I wasn't the least bit surprised to see that the god of the underworld, at least this god of the underworld in this universe, wasn't sitting on his throne. He probably fled the moment he realized that the god of war had escaped. Oh, jumped after Naui, but I knew the second he was airborne that he wasn't going to quite make it. I swooped down and grabbed him, then flew him up to the pyramid entrance. Amani and Enrique flew up just as we landed, and what I saw towering over us, towering over the pyramid itself, is something that I will never ever forget. My first thought was a tornado, but the silence, it didn't make a single sound. I'd only ever seen real tornadoes on TV or the internet. They were the kind that ate up houses or city blocks piece by piece. The kind that shattered eardrums with winds powerful enough to sweep semis off the ground like toy trucks and slam them on their sides. But this thing, it made the natural tornadoes I'd seen look like a warm summer's breeze. There it was, churning from the sky, taking up everything, but not even producing a puff of wind. Like it was somehow containing that power inside of it. And suddenly I saw two spherical infernos materialized at the top. Eyes? You can always tell when somebody's looking at you, right? Even if you've got your eyes closed, you can feel it. And when I saw those giant spheres, I knew that they were gazing down at us. Naui, bless her heart, stared up at this thing and never even flinched. If she was scared, I couldn't tell, but what I did understand was that she knew who it was. I heard a whisper in one of my ears, a single name, Huitzilopuchtli, Amani hissed, the god of war in its true form. Brother, it thundered, and the sound of its voice alone almost knocked me to the ground. Then I saw what appeared to be a star held by a giant hand that formed inside the tornado. The hand wasn't flesh and blood. It was made out of the same stuff as the tornado. Red lightning flickered around the star and he said he'd crush it if his soldiers weren't freed. That star was the same one we saw under the sand dune. It was the source of Miklantokutli's power, and if that were destroyed, well, <laughs> it wasn't like this version of the god of the underworld didn't deserve all of this. After what he'd done, trapping us in that miserable place to steal our thoughts, to <laughs> steal our imagination, I thought about the first time I'd seen him. He was a skeleton, bare bones, 
and the moment he'd gotten close to me, he changed. Suddenly looked like a man. It was right then that he'd stolen from us for the first time. Maybe stealing was the only way for him to have a form or anything for that matter. And <laughs> that actually made me sad. Naoi and Amani stepped up to the edge of the pyramid steps and looked up at the god of war with the same fearless expression. It was strange how two people that looked so different physically were so similar. They glanced at each other and said two words, the eyes. Amani grabbed Naoi's hand and they were quickly airborne and headed straight up into the swirling gray. Mian and Rike flew after them. The eyes. They were going to try and take out those giant fireballs, or I guess eyeballs. Well, you know what they say. The eyes are the windows to the soul, and Naoi and Amani planned to shatter the god of wars. The god's voice suddenly boomed again. Brother, show yourself. I could feel my insides trembling with each syllable. Oh, suddenly popped into my mind. No idea where he was in that moment, but boy did I miss him in his shadow armor, especially in moments like these. He'd be fine, though, fully capable of taking care of himself. We were closing in. I could see the eyes better than before, and I realized that they were bigger than I thought. Two fiery almonds the size of moons. But could they actually be that big? If they were, this fight was going to be over before it even began. We didn't stand a chance against something that big. And maybe, well, just maybe, my mind was falling down this very dark rabbit hole because I wasn't the one flying Naoi into battle. It was Amani, and if I'm being honest... The moment I saw her take Naoi's hand, I was eh, maybe just a little bit jealous. Completely blind. That's how thick the gray swirling stuff around us was. I remembered one of the first times I'd been on a plane. I was seven and we were flying to visit my grandparents in Illinois. The turbulence. It was crazy. Drinks being thrown off trays, a couple of people screaming. I was in a window seat, and when I looked out, all I could see was gray. And that's what this was like. Honestly, it was like flying into a storm. I activated the armor around my eyes and went into instinct mode. Not seeing it would help, I thought, but as we got closer... It made things way worse. It's always what you can't see that's the scariest. And even though I'd done this before, gone into battle blind, it still wasn't the easiest thing for me. The only thing that kept me headed steadily upwards was knowing that I'd follow my sister into battle anywhere, anytime. And suddenly, I felt this tingling surge through every inch of my armor, I couldn't feel what it was exactly, but I knew it was extremely powerful. Then whatever it was slammed into me, or I slammed into it. I'm not sure. In fact, in that moment, I wasn't sure of anything. 
it was like my instincts had somehow been shorted out, if that makes sense. And I was truly blind and spinning out of control. I felt powerful hands grab me around my waist. Thank God for my sister, but no, this wasn't Naoi. My instincts were firing back up again, but I heard his voice before I could feel him. I gotcha, the voice said, and I felt this surge of energy rush through every part of me. It was O, and he was in his shadow armor. How he'd gotten it back wasn't clear, but who cared? Something slammed into me, and O was gone. I've never been hit by a diesel truck, but I swear, I swear, that's what it felt like. What just hit me? I lowered the shadow armor from my eyes and a figure streaked past. Brilliant red. Hurt my eyes to look at. Then I saw O grab it and they were wrestling in midair. The thing O was fighting looked like lightning. If lightning were able to take form, of course. It was twice O's size, but O was holding his own. They spun around and around, grappling. Then O punched whatever it was and it went flying. Then more lightning. Golden and brilliant white. Amani and Naoi. Naoi standing on something, a golden platform, or at least that's what it appeared to be. Something she'd made. Something to fight on, I guess. More of those things raining down from everywhere. Chaos, swarming, and suddenly... One grabbed me, and we were spinning, lightning in my face. Even with the armor, it hurt. Dizzy, punching sparks of electricity. That's what it felt like, like punching sparks. Plummeting, out of control. Was, was this going to be it? Then a thud. Let him go, a voice yelled. Now we... A deafening crack of thunder, and suddenly that thing made out of lightning was gone, still falling. Then we stopped, powerful arms holding on to both of us. Gotcha both, O said, and we were suddenly soaring. All the exhaustion drained away in that moment. I was still scared out of my mind, but with Naoi and O at my side, it didn't matter. I was flying on my own a split second later, and those lightning creatures were continuing to attack. O was tossing Naoi toward one after the other, and she was using Aja to knock those things this way and that, and then I saw Amani whip past, and she yelled, follow me. She flew directly at those fiery eyes and swatted one lightning creature after the next away with her version of Aja clearing a path. It wasn't until we began to close in on the eyes that I realized they were the source of those lightning things. Enrique blew past us and changed into a fireball barreling through them. And despite all of this, the god of war didn't seem to be paying any attention to us at all. It was still focused on its brother, demanding that the lord of the dead free its army threatening to crush the god's power if he didn't. It was making the same error that Seth had made, the error of underestimating Naoi. The next moment that I saw my sister, she was kissing, oh, oh my gosh, no, gross, right? 
and was this really a good time? But this was more about it being gross than timing, at least in my mind. Then O swung her around and around and around before flinging Naoi toward those eyes. Amani accelerated and flew in with her, overwhelmed. With Naoi and Amani focused on the eyes, it left me, O, and Enrique to fight those things on our own. It was never-ending, one after the next, then an explosion from above, incredibly powerful, and darkness. I moved my fingers, then my hands. I was on the ground. I sat up slowly, and the others were already standing. The explosion knocked me out of the air. That was obvious. And in the distance, cradling a little girl in its arms, was the god of the underworld. And he was once again in the form of a giant skeleton. I couldn't see ayahuasca, but I had the sense that the explosion had somehow destroyed it. The Lord of the Dead was standing at the top of the pyramid, and I noticed for the first time that huge chunks of it had been blown off. It was in ruins. He yelled out, Brother, and in a quieter voice said, I'm tired, so tired. Something about the way he said that stripped all the rage, all the anger away from me. And I felt someone familiar near me. I looked over and saw Quetzalcoatl, god of creation, a snake with glowing wings. The others turned toward him, and he reared up, extending those wings. There is no way that I can express to you, all of you, how much I appreciate what you have done. Before I could ask the question that was suddenly burning in my mind, the question of what was going to happen next, the God of creation turned toward me and said, I will take them to a place where they can rest. Sounded to me like what they did for the elder warriors in New Nubia. And when Naui asked for how long, the God of creation simply said, as long as they need. Amani and Enrique suddenly turned and hugged us both. Then Amani brushed Naui's face with the back of her hand. I will miss you, she said. Don't be a stranger. Enrique laid a hand on my shoulder. Take care of her, he said, looking toward Naui. There was so much I didn't know about my multiverse twin. What were his parents? Like, did they have a sunset high school in this universe? Were Amani and Enrique brother and sister? A million billion questions, but we needed to get back home to our own fight. But then, that was the question. How would we get home? Now we asked the God of creation that exact question, in fact, and he said, you know the answer to that. And the three of them headed up the stairs. For them, 
the war was over and we had helped to put an end to it. Wow. Now he stood between me and O and took our hands. There was this confidence in my sister's eyes. Something that I don't think I've ever seen. I looked at O, asked him how he'd finally got his armor back. It never left me, he said. And he just gave me a wink. Aja wasn't extended, and that was strange to me. Now he always used the weapon as a way to transport us. She shut her eyes and simply said, Home. Nothing happened at first, then a familiar acceleration. The kind I'd felt when her mother, Wusa, took us back through time. Faster and faster, through an abyss, until, in the distance, a soft light. And suddenly, we were standing in that light. Moonlight, to be exact. And in front of us was Naui's home. All the lights were out, but I noticed a glow through one of the window shades. Wusa, I thought. Her glow. Naui rushed toward the door. I'd never actually seen her happy to be home. As she reached out for the doorknob, the door opened automatically, and Naui stopped cold. She activated Aja and carefully stepped in. Me and O followed. We walked into the living room and saw Wusa, goddess of creation, in human form, on her knees. Her hands were hovering over a glowing figure. She pulled her hands away suddenly and the glow was extinguished. In the moonlight, I could see the face of the figure. It was Jima, and she was motionless. Wusa looked up at us, tears streaking down her cheeks. Jima is dead. On February 16th, the adventure continues and coming soon. The Chronicles of Detective Bender, The Super Secret Adventures of George, and Monsters. Stay tuned.